0: Doo, 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 sweetie, you're supposed to laugh when I oh, do it.
1: Oh, sorry, I was spacing out. Hello, my name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome
0: back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is, I think, episode 198. Does
1: that sound right? It does. That's so close to 200.
0: Yeah. Um, so our two hundredth episode's coming up in just a bit. So where's the party? Um
1: Well, not I mean, like, are we having a party?
0: <laughs> um, Zen Parenting Radio. Wanna know what it is, sweetie? Yes. It's a discussion between you and me and who are you and me, Uh, between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages seven, nine, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent, but more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. So this is what we have. We're going to do an interview with my good friend Rick Williams at the tail end of that show, and we're going to talk about tigers and cages and Tigers. bars.
1: Tigers. I have a tiger, sweetie. I'm
0: going to talk about judgment. Uh, a website that you call WorldPulse.com. I don't just call it that. That's what
1: it is called. Oh, that's very interesting. And we have a retreat coming up. We do. When is that? So here's the thing. My book comes out in a week or two. What's the name of that book? The book is called "Living What You Want Your Kids to Learn: The Power of Self-Aware Parenting." Can't wait. I can't wait either. And it's so, it just seems a little surreal that I'm going to have it in my hands soon. But our retreat, we always do a holiday retreat, which we're going to do again. It's going to be on December 1st and it's going to go through December 12th. But this time, we're going to also use my book because, as Todd and I always say on Zen Parenting Radio, this isn't really about parenting.
0: No, that's <laughs> a bait and switch. We're and all my about baiting and switching. The it.
1: power of self aware parenting. It really isn't about your parenting. It's about you, and it's about your own self-awareness. And what happens is I feel like parenting is that gateway where when you're willing, people are more willing to make change, mm-hmm. to create a better relationship with their children or out of love for their spouse or children. And so that's when they're willing to go through that door. So we, the retreat is called the Self-Aware Holiday Virtual Retreat. All right. How about that for a title? When can they sign up? Not yet. Oh just get it just i'm just put i'm putting it in their head planting seeds i'm planting seeds but probably in the next week once the book is here
0: we're we're good to go you know what is going on we have uh we're going to be a participant in a workshop this Wednesday that would be tomorrow yeah. October 22nd how is your child sleeping assessing your child's sleep behavior and the effects on overall development and we're going to jump in on that it's a live interactive online workshop it's 15 bucks but the information will be on the website uh, at zenparentingradio.com. And
1: our sponsor, uh, Dr. Kelly. Dr. John Kelly will be on that call. And he's our dentist and he's also doing some work on our children's teeth with the orthobiotics.
0: That's right. Um, 773-631-6844. That's Dr. John Kelly's business phone. And he's at 5350 West Devon Avenue. So let's jump into this week. I say we talk about the tiger because I like talking about the tiger. All right. What about the tiger?
1: So I want to start by saying that I—I'm sure many of you are on Facebook and on social networking. And there's this woman who's been blogging for a long time, and she has a blog called Mama and she's got—it's a very popular blog. Um, uh, she's a speaker. She has a TED talk. Her name's Glennon Melton, and I'm sure a lot of you have heard of her. And I—I I didn't really have any position about her. Sometimes she would show up in my um, newsfeed, and you know, sometimes I'd read things, and sometimes I wouldn't. Um, But just recently, she's been doing videos for – I think it's for OWN TV, which is Oprah Winfrey Network. I'm not quite sure what OWN TV is, but she's been doing videos. And I watched this video this weekend that I thought was so well done because here's what Glennon has a skill in that I really admire. She knows how to use metaphor and analogy to to, – Convey? Convey difficult – not convey – to explain, is that the same word? To explain difficult things, where sometimes when we try to explain it in our everyday words, people will say, yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what about this? But she has this great way of explaining things that makes someone go, got it. Mm -hmm. And the example I'll give is that Todd and I, like everybody in life, sometimes come across people who are difficult. Mm -hmm. And one of- So everybody
0: think of the most difficult person in your life right. right now.
1: And, and some, say
0: it inside your brain.
1: And not out loud, just in case they're around. Yes. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's very easy if you, you know, and I, I've said this before too, but if you ever go to a seminar or workshop or if you work with a therapist and you talk about people in your life who are toxic, the comment is always keep toxic people out of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. And that that can be, and I believe in that if you are inviting those people in. Then definitely make, you know, start to rethink your choices of who you want to have in your everyday experiences. But sometimes they're best friends from a long time ago. Sometimes they're family members. Sometimes they're people, your next door neighbor, co workers, co workers. And it's very hard to just say, I'm going to cut them out of my life
0: without really upending everything else exactly. in your life.
1: It's very, it's it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And you can make choices, maybe different choices about how much time you spend with them, whatever. But here's uh, the analogy that Glenn and Melton gave. Them. That I thought was so fantastic. She said she started by saying, my son and I were at the um, zoo. and he and I were looking at this tiger, and the tiger was so beautiful. And he and I were just staring into the eyes of this tiger. And then all of a sudden, I had this moment of, why aren't we afraid of this tiger? Because this tiger could literally rip us apart. It could literally kill us. It's so it's so powerful and overwhelming, and it, we couldn't survive this tiger. But what I realized it's that there were bars on the cage. And so that allowed me to see this tiger's beauty without getting ripped apart. And that metaphor was to explain boundaries. And that with people that may be toxic, who you may not be able to simply cut off, That's the tiger. See that tiger's beauty.
0: He sounds scary.
1: But pause it for a second and then we'll put him back on. Okay. Bars are boundaries, meaning you don't have to make choices that always include these people. You don't have to give yourselves away to these people. You don't have to always say yes to these people. Those are your bars. The reason why the bars are so important is it's not just for you. It's for them because then you can continue to see the beauty that they do have. Because the truth is, at least my truth, is that everybody has beauty inside them, and they have goodness. And when people are acting acting toxic, or inappropriate, or negative, or cruel, it's because of their own pain. They haven't dealt with their own pain. So they're putting it on other people. And I I won't take it anymore. I refuse to pick up your pain, but I also don't want to judge you so much and disregard you and act as if you don't have any value. Right. And so the that, that middle place for me is boundaries. Mm. And there are some people who will say, I've had to cut family members out of my life. Only you know what's best. Right,
0: sometimes that sometimes is the appropriate is, thing to do, but yes. hopefully not. Hopefully you can use this tool instead of, shutting, um, uh, a mother-in-law or a sister or a brother or an uncle out of your life. Try this instead first.
1: And, and the thing is, is if some people, I was just talking with a girlfriend of mine a couple months ago, and she had someone in her life that was very difficult. It was a sister. And she was saying that basically she loves her from afar constantly, but she knows that if she allows her too close, then things do get too toxic. Mm-hmm. But her choice is to love her yeah. and to keep connected to her by writing to her and that kind of thing. But she knows her boundaries are a lot firmer mm-hmm. and wider. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she she needs more space around her.
0: It's such a huge topic. And I love that metaphor because Me it's too. easy to understand. It is. Like we've tried it. We've played with that idea like, oh, set boundaries, set boundaries. But when you just the whole visual of seeing the beauty of this tiger that could rip you apart. Rip you apart. Um, everybody has beauty, if it, and it's easier to see with the bars.
1: That's right. You can you can actually. Up, <laughs> I knew. I was like, when's this going to come on? I knew it would. Did you? Of course. I said I had the tiger at the beginning of the show. Oh, you did. So we can all understand that because we all love to look at the, you know, the beauty of a tiger on TV or behind in a cage and we can actually see it for what it is but we can't let it get too close where it starts to disrupt our lives and so that's to me a metaphor for boundaries and everybody needs to take that into their own situation and make their own decisions meaning if you feel like you need, you know, cuz Another thing you and I talked about is sometimes you need to create really big boundaries or do a disconnect so you can recalibrate Mm -hmm. and then come back with better boundaries. There are definitely people in my life I've walked away from for a certain amount of time because I had to get my act back together because they had been so toxic or so discombobulating that I couldn't even put up boundaries. So I had to separate and then then I could come back into a place of groundedness, put the bars up and see their beauty again. And that doesn't mean, as Ian Van Zandt would say, you got to invite them over for Thanksgiving. Right. You don't have to. You don't have to give them gifts and, and pretend it was the way it used to be. You just have to not keep that that hatred or that anger in you. It's a it's a piece of forgiveness mm-hmm. because when you love other people and you see them in that place of being a child still, then you don't have to carry around all that negativity.
0: So just for clarification, um, when I thought of this, I more thought of adult and adult relationships, yeah. you know, or a parenting show. The kids, this doesn't apply to us and our kids, does it?
1: Well, I, I mean, it could. There there are probably But they have people- to be an
0: adult to... to- set up a boundary.
1: Well, and the thing is, is with our children, the reason that being a parent is such a huge gateway for self-awareness and healing is because you really don't have those kind of choices. You have to take care of your child. And if something has gotten significantly toxic, Mm -hmm. it needs to be... You can't just say I'm going to cut ties. I mean, there are some people who have.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of crazy parents out well, there. Let's
1: not let's not label.
0: Sorry, non crazy parents out there. <laughs> there are
1: many people who have made those choices who
0: choose to shun their child because of their sexual orientation, right?
1: And that is a disconnect in that parent, yeah, where they have somehow they have a belief system that somehow. I can't even go there. You yeah, know what because I mean?
0: it doesn't make any sense. To right, us. it
1: doesn't make any sense. I don't but understand that's, that. But
0: that's that's yeah.
1: That is that is what. But that is a truth out there. Yeah. There are people who have made those choices. Right. Um, and so I guess that's my point about you know you're right. Really, what I'm talking about is adult, adults. And adult, um adult. But I do think that children can use this. Mm-hmm. I think you know yeah.
0: You uh, you're, you can tell your kids if they're mm-hmm. faced with some uncomfortable situation Absolutely. at school. You set up your boundaries with that kid who's bugging you.
1: And you don't tell the kid you're setting up boundaries. Like, you know, with our children, they've had, you know, difficult friends along the way or people that they've kind of spent time with along the way that have been difficult. And our thing is never, oh, forget that person, never talk to them again. Our thing is how can you protect yourself, protect yourself, keep yourself sane while not putting a lot of anger and judgment on this person. Mm. You can put up your bars where you can see- And notice and enjoy them because, you know, the thing about kids, they'll be like, yeah, but they were nice to me this day, but they weren't nice to me this day. Just then take in the days that they're okay and the days that they are not great and, you know, you put up your bars and you don't take that or you don't spend time with them or you don't go to that event that they're at. You know, these are the choices that we give our children. But to tell our children to judge other people or to call some kids good and some kids bad, that's not a good system to set up when they're little mm-hmm. because right. everybody is everything. Yeah, And that was actually the next thing we were going to get into. Don't
0: get that to that yet because okay, well. you talked about choices. You know what I choose? I choose to go to Tree of Life Chiropractic Care. Me too. They're our awesome partners. Dr. Kelly adjusts our entire family on a weekly basis. And her number is 630-941-8733. And they have a workshop coming up too. On November 11th, raising a stress-free family in a stressed-out world. November 11th at 10.15. Uh, Dr. Kelly's always trying to give resources to um, the community.
1: So um say her website again.
0: Chirotree.com.
1: If you go there, it actually there is a flag right at the top that says workshop this month. Mm-hmm. Like she always has something coming up. So if you're like, I don't remember what Kathy and Todd said, go to chirotree.com because you can see what workshops are coming up. Right. So
0: And then our last partner is AVA, painting and remodeling <laughs> throughout the Chicagoland area. Their number is six three oh, nine five six eighteen hundred so sweetie when you were at that women's workshop deal um, you want to talk about a website.
1: Okay, so one of the coolest things, uh, you know how I said last week I went to the Emerging Women um, Conference in New York. One of the greatest things about the conference this year is that not only did they focus on female empowerment and female leadership, but they talked about it in a global way where they brought in a lot of speakers. They brought in a woman who was from Iraq. They brought in uh, many women from uh, different areas of Africa. Um, they There was a woman... Well, those, those are the women I'm thinking of in my head right now. There are many more. But they were talking about what's going on in their country and how we, as women in our country, can start to make these connections and how, how we can start to support each other. And one of the coolest things um, on the last day of the workshop or of the conference was a website was introduced to us by the woman who created it, and it's called worldpulse.com. So worldpulse.com. And what this website was created for was for women all over the world to be able to share their story and have access to other women and men. You know, it's not just limited to women, but to be able to share their stories and get either support from others or get um, not confirmation but validation right. about their experience. And as as you guys know – the thing that everybody wants, no matter where you live, is to be seen and heard. And this capability to blog when you are on the other – you know, to, for us, the other side of the world, to be able to blog something or write something and have people comment on it and say, I hear you, that can change a woman's life. Mm-hmm. And one of the examples that I'll give because Todd uh, – this is the one that um, was new to me is there is a woman from Cameroon, uh, Africa, who, sh- when she in her village, what was happening is young girls were getting their breasts ironed by grandmothers and uh, you know the older people in in their uh, culture, which makes or their no village. sense
0: to me. Why do they do that?
1: So breast ironing was done to make the women, you know, their to have their breasts appear less attractive because maybe then they would have less risk of being sexualized Mm -hmm. or attacked Mm -hmm. or raped. Mm. So that mindset, okay, this is a crazy thing, comes from a loving place. I don't want you to be harmed. Therefore, I'm going to mutilate a part of your body that men find attractive to reduce the risk of you being attacked. But- It's also a mutilation Mm -hmm. and it's also not for someone else to do to you. And, you know, that these girls and these young girls are not choosing this. So this woman who said no to it, she said no. Her grandmother tried to do it to her. She said no. She started blogging about it and found out that there was women all over Africa who Mm -hmm. this was happening to. Women from other cultures, not even in her own continent, who were saying, I've this, you know, this is happening here too. Now, here's the crazy thing. It got so much press that CNN came to her village mm-hmm. and did a, a show about it, and so that's power to be able to get on the internet, which is not easy, right? In you know, in many of these cultures. So
0: what this website is, it makes it accessible to most.
1: Yes, where
0: and and they feel like, let's say, this lady in Africa goes to the local community center or whatever it is and and writes this blog and knowing that it's going to connect with people all over the world. And then she can go back
1: and check and see how the world comments. People comment on it. People see it. People ask questions. And again, she's being heard. She's being seen. She's being validated. It gives her a sense of purpose. So this woman also has started creating like um, cafes, like internet cafes for women, mm-hmm. because something that I didn't know this, and many of you probably don't, is around the world, sometimes internet cafes are not safe mm-hmm. because women aren't allowed there mm-hmm. or aren't supposed to be there. And it can be a place where they can um, get um, not, what's the word I'm looking for? I keep saying attacked, but there's another word that I'm looking for. They are at risk of harm. Okay. Okay. And so, women are rising up to create places that women can go safely to have access to the internet, which gives them access to the world. Do you see how this, and it takes a few brave people to speak out and make change. And so why am I telling you this? Go on. If you want to start connecting with people
0: from
1: all over the world, world, this is there for you. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is, do you have it pulled up? I don't, but I can. There is. It's called worldpulse.com. And there's a lot on the website. So when you first get on there, you might be like, whoa. If you go to, I think there's a tab that says how it works Mm -hmm. or general questions. And there is a whole file that you can download explaining how you can be a commenter, explaining how you can subscribe to certain women's blogs.
0: Connecting women's voices to transform our world. That's the tagline. Yeah. Uh, They got the homepage. They got magazine. They have community. Read
1: across the top. Maybe it's community. Home,
0: magazine, community, campaigns.
1: Click on community. I think it'll scroll down and there's a lot of options because that's what I was on last night, I think.
0: Action alerts, groups, community members, resource exchange, sharing solutions.
1: So go to the website. Like
0: this most one is Ebola. Sierra Leones feels like prisoners.
1: Well, like last night, I was reading about Ebola on the website from yeah. women who are actually there. Yeah. So instead of having to get my news from people who it's getting filtered or being yeah. created around someone else's agenda. This
0: lady, I don't know where she's from. Uh, just last week, my mom lost one of her closest friends to Ebola. Auntie M, as she is fondly called, worked blah blah blah. So, yeah, there's there's no it's direct.
1: There's no filter. There's no filter. And and again, it's coming from someone who is there. And again, you don't have to go on and read about Ebola, mm-hmm. but you can go on and read about people's experiences where they are and it's so beautiful to not only read how they're connecting, but you can comment. Mm-hmm. And as I said, if there's women that you really connect with, like you start reading their blogs, you can subscribe to them. And so every time they write something new, it'll come in your inbox. Yeah. So like I said, the website has so much. Can you can, because you can only imagine how much impact. Right. This website has had so much impact for women. So there's a lot on it, but you can go and find directions literally, yeah. download directions on how to be a commenter it's or, cool. or blogger. And
0: they have a Facebook page, probably, I'm guessing. Oh, I'm sure they do. So yeah. Um,
1: so Check I out. was just really empowered by that. It made me really excited. And you know what it made me think? about how sometimes when we're so down on technology and how Mm -hmm. it's affecting our kids' brains. This is the good part. This is the other side. To every dark, there is light. Right. And if, if women didn't have this access, they wouldn't have access to us and other people. So, so what we try
0: to do on the show is give you some resources. And hopefully we did that, uh, with worldpulse.com. Um, To close out this part of our show, we're going to do an interview with my good friend named Rick Williams. Uh, We just actually taped it, so we're going to put it at the end. Um, But listen to this uh, interview with Rick. It's inspiring, and we also invite you to help us help Rick out. Um, but before we do that, some closing things as far as uh, what we want to talk about. Do you have anything, sweetie?
1: No, but what I will say about the Rick um, interview is it's about his family and it's about his wife and the way that he has risen up to take care of his family and how he has, been, he has persevered through things that I can't even imagine. Todd and I talk about it a lot and say, you know, at some point I would have dropped out, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or fallen away or, or not been able to go on. And you got to listen to his story. It's one of inspiration. So,
0: um, so I guess that's it for this part of the show. So hopefully you enjoy Rick's interview and we'll catch you next week. All right. So here we are. We have my good friend Rick Williams. Rick, thank you for coming on the, our little podcast. Move a little bit closer to the mic. There you go.
2: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Um, so Rick and I have been friends for about, geez, um, I don't know, ten years, about a decade, give right. or take. That's about right. And we met on the basketball court. And you're an Elmhurst guy. And the reason we have Rick on is because he's been had. He's had a hell of a last eighteen months or so. And we want to invite Rick on to tell us a story about his lovely wife Trish, who's had some. Uh, some medical issues, and so we're going to let you go ahead and just get started. So, Rick, when this all, how did this all begin?
2: Well, it really goes back, yeah, you know, like you said, uh, to uh, July. Uh, unfortunately July 5th exactly of last year 2013 and um, she uh, actually a few days before that she started you know falling and I can't get up this kind of stuff and, and how old is Trish? Just so can- Trish was at the time she was uh, 49 okay. 49 years old and, uh, and very you know anyone that knows Trish very vivacious you know very you know she's always doing stuff you know physically you know mentally and uh, you know uh, as we get on with the story you know it's I don't Know anyone that has more stuff and facts stuck in that head of hers, you know? And you uh, I'll, I'll get to the joke, which in, in reference is not funny, but it's one of her best friends, you know, that 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 said later on because obviously this is a brain disorder, just said, I knew this would happen mm-hmm. after all these years. It's all that crap in your head. It blew up, you know? <laughs> and uh, you know, which which is comical, especially coming from her. It is one of her best friends. Right. It's not her best friend, and you know, and it's just you know, she just has a incredible retention, you know, for anything and everything. Well, we met based on movie lines. We Correct. just
0: started chatting about, I don't know if we were at a wedding, we were at RJ's wedding. Yes. And we found a very common thread between us. Right. And you interested? Both, yes. yes. And it was, I'm like, this lady's awesome. Didn't
1: <laughs> she sing in a band too?
2: Yes, she is, sung, she is singing in a band. And uh, I remember you, know, you saying you'd go see her, yeah. Yeah, Dave Wallace, if you remember the Wallace, all the boys, we used to play out on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. uh, them, and he, he, uh, she played with him. He's a, actually a quite a, quite a good uh, bass player. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's the band she played with for a while and, you know, a few others. So, yeah. So July of 13. July yeah, of 2013, you know, this all started. She kept, you know, falling and it just wasn't herself. It, you know, it appears from all, you know, when you look at her, uh, like, uh, dementia, mm-hmm. you know, Alzheimer's, it's a real bizarre You know, look like, you know, come on, honey, you know, something is wrong here. So we spent July 4th at a friend's house. She just basically was sat in a chair. It was very odd and it was just she could barely get up. She couldn't really talk very well. It was just very odd, you know, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Like, you know, something is clearly wrong at this point. Not a clue. None of us. Um, July 5th, I finally convinced her we're going to hospital. We go in, we go to the ER and who's our ER doc? None other than our other good pal, you know, Dr. (laughs) Tom King, you know, at the ER. And uh, it's always a welcome sight when we see him there because my family unfortunately knows him very well. You know, through I know him very well through basketball, but we know them very well through being at the ER too many times. You know, and not just Trish or anyone else, right. just the entire family.
1: Because Rick, you have four children, correct? correct yes, correct. yes,
2: right. Kathy. and have, uh, and an
0: important part of the story is that the age spread of your children is very interesting. Also,
2: yeah, we have uh, our, our our youngest uh, is is eleven, and the oldest is twenty three, and then you know, so we got a twenty three, a twenty two, a fourteen, and an eleven year old. You know, so quite a little spread there and uh, I always preface you know same wife you know never been divorced now now 28 years you know together and um, you know so as the story uh, continues and unfolds uh, you know we we get in there um, and Tom you know thought he came up with an absolute revelation I don't know about an hour into it says you have hydrocephalus and uh, and it turns out of all the things she was having a very difficult time remembering talking doing things she goes oh yeah 15 years ago I fell on the ice at uh, something at some school function she goes doctor and she even said the doctor's name I have no idea who it was she had she had been diagnosed with hydrocephalus but non-symptomatic 15 years ago when she fell on the ice at Elmhurst hospital records are now gone you know, and all that, because they only keep them for 10. So everyone would have loved to have seen that, you know, if it happened. But, you know, just irony. So she kind of knew already, but now it was clearly symptomatic. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what hydrocephalus is, you know, for those, it's just basically it's water on the brain, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, for easeability's sake. And, you know, and, and unfortunately, as the story unfolds, it, you know, it gets a little bit worse than that, you know, as far as, uh, you know, still the same kind of thing, but with another... You know, addition to it. So anyway, uh, push forward. August, August fifth, we get we get a a surgery. What you do for a um, you know for hydrocephalus? And basically, it differs from dementia and um, and Alzheimer's is that it's curable. Uh, You put a shunt in, and which is what they did, and it it worked magnificently. Uh, You know, it took about thirty days for her to fully recuperate. You know, so right around September. Trish's, I'd say ninety nine point five percent Trish Williams. She's the Trish that I know and love. Everybody, you know, the kids, everybody, she's all good. And this goes on, you know, from uh from that date, you know, from beginning of September all the way till around, you know, let's fast forward to uh, March, right around March first, end of February, March first of twenty fourteen, this year. All of a sudden she starts complaining, uh, you know, and I quote, I can't focus. Um, and those were the words. Unfortunately, you know, most people would say well, it's a vision issue. You know, we kind of went to the shunt. You know, the shunts at, at this point is it's an evasive thing. You can um, you can dial it up to any degree you need. That's what that's how they make them, so you don't have to go in again. You know, in a surgery, um, you just have to you know adjust the dial. You know, it's it's kind of a crazy thing, but uh, that's what it is. So we uh, now the recently divorced doctor, who she kind of liked actually. So we hadn't spoken in about three months. So we thought it was a, a clear divorce and a cut. <laughs> we had to now make the phone call. You know, hey Doc, I think there's we're having some issues, and um, you know, so we go. Um, and five adjustments later, three weeks go by, and with everyone, Trish gets worse and worse and worse, mm-hmm. and uh, she's like. You know she can't walk, she can't talk, she can't see. She, her head leans to the right. She she drools. Um, it's horrific to watch. You know every every time we go, it just gets worse. And um, and and there's no rhyme or reason. Nobody knows what's going on. He 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 doesn't get it. So finally, after all this time, around three and a half weeks in, I go, <laughs> Doc, you know what do we do? What do I do? You know what would you do if this were your wife? You know I always try to pose that. You know you know and he told me but he, he can't say what he said you know bottom line is i drove to uh you know very quickly in the night at about uh, i broke every land speed mark ended up at the gates of uh, saint mary's hospital which is for those of you who don't know that's mayo clinic mm-hmm. in, in rochester they're directly affiliated so if you drive up to their er you know so that's whatever. what you did you didn't have an appointment or anything you just got in the car and went Got in a car and went. Exactly. No appointment. Timed it perfectly for 2, 3 in the morning, knowing there'd be nobody there. And we'd be, er, not nobody, but, you know, yeah. one of the few people there. So timed it perfectly. And uh, eh, first we had a little, it was a little problematic getting in. You know, believe it or not, didn't quite get in. Uh, then somehow, some way we, we, we did get in um, uh, as a drive. We almost left, but we didn't leave and we got in. And uh, that's another sto- a story for another time. But uh, all in all, we were there for the initial time was 12 days. And uh they really couldn't figure out you know they knew it was something to do with the uh, you, know, you know they kept saying it's you know probably the shunt, you know it's certainly the hydrocephalus, but we've never seen anything quite like this, but um after twelve days, uh, much to my chagrin, they sent us home. Mm. I knew i said i don't I don't think this is correct. We go home first day nine one one straight to Elmer's hospital, okay, another six days there. Okay, they do you know adjustments to the shunt again. Everything's still very messed up. Um, we now have an appointment from the previous one back at Mayo Clinic for you know just kind of a, a follow up. Well, uh, our last great date together, as this story unfolds, was Easter. Um, you know, uh, I, I am Jewish. My wife is Catholic, and you know, they, you know the kids are raised as both. And you know, but and we celebrate a little bit more on the Catholic side. And the Easter was wonderful. She was about eighty-five percent that day. It's a very up and down uh, disease. You know what was going on with her at that point, and um, she was wonderful on Easter. And everybody, we had a great time. And and that was our last. And then Mayo was was a call, and we were supposed to go there. Then we were supposed to go there the day before. I said no, we're doing Easter, mm-hmm. so we did it you know, that was our one family day and we were going to have it. And, you know, I didn't know how great she would have, she was, you know, and that was going to be the last great day at the time. But, you know, so that was, that was it. And then we, we drove, you know, back to Mayo 39 days later. Um, They did a lot of experimentation, a lot of stuff trying to find out. They thought it was uh, other autoimmune diseases beyond the hydrocephalus. They just, and I quote, no one had ever seen anything like it. They've got neurosurgeons from all over, you know, I mean, you know, everywhere we probably saw 30, 30, something neurologists at at Mayo and another, you know, five or six neurosurgeons and, you know, whatever. And even a few before we left there, I'm leaving a few details out. So, you know, all in all, even before going there, we probably had seen probably 40, over 40 neurologists, you know, especially more, most at Mayo because they come in droves. Mm-hmm. And then uh, probably about 12 neurosurgeons and there they did one real, you know, um, surgery where they put what they call an ETV, you know, basically they pluck a hole in your third ventricle, you know, so this was the more natural way to get, uh, cerebral spinal fluid, you know, flowing. Okay. Cause that's what a shunt does. So basically they took out the shunt and replaced it with this ETV. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you're supposed to get better. That's the whole idea. Obviously that's why they do a surgery typically. Well, for two days it looked like it might happen this was april 7th um and then post april 9th um she's you know and ever since been basically well not basically she's been bedridden and um i I hate to say the words but more vegetable like than anything else um you know and there's been a lot of improvements you know since that time but we sat around sat around and then finally I couldn't sit around anymore. She was in a manor home in Arlington Heights, which she still is actually. And we use that basically as a home base. And what I I found out, uh, we couldn't handle it at home. It was just too much. You know, she's eating out of of a peg, you know, uh, know, through tube feedings and, you know, she can't move and, you know, it's full-time care. So bottom line, I start doing a little research through the Hydrocephalus Association, find out that there is something post this. Okay. When we left the Mayo Clinic, there was okay, wait for six months we'll we'll see what happens. we have no clue <laughs> okay um you know a couple of, you know a couple months in I, I finally start doing a little bit of research and go, this is just ridiculous so i go I figure out some stuff at the Hydrocephalus Association, go to a meeting in Portland you know the day before I find out that they have uh, their their annual meeting every year i I go there, and as I turn it to all my friends, I was for the first time. I didn't know more than any of the doctors that i had been speaking with. I was at a place. It was what I called Disney world for hydrocephalus. <laughs> <laughs> it was wonderful. Yeah. Everybody there. I was the dumbest guy there by a long shot. And you knew a lot about it. Uh, and I know a lot, right. you know, at, at this point, yeah. no, now I know way more, but I mean, at that point I knew a pretty good portion. I knew what I was talking about. No doctors around here could speak to it because they had no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. I was way beyond, you know, that type of stuff. And there, I met the you know, the 20, 22 best doctors in the country, in the world actually, uh, on hydrocephalus, all some for infants, some for adults. So my mission uh, there was to find out you know, what the heck can we do, what's the next step. And in the meantime, I had been um, emailing uh, through the Hydrocephalus Association with a doctor by the name of Dr. Williams, Dr. Michael Williams. You know, I just call him a, uh, my brother from another mother, That's because right. you know, I do have a brother, Michael. You know, <laughs> but this guy is clearly not, he's not related. But anyway, that's the gentleman I ended up, uh, you know, she's, he's the best, number one adult hydrocephalus expert in the world, uh, not just the country, but the world. And he's out of Sinai in, in Baltimore. We went there about a month later. So now almost three months have passed, you know, passed by two two and three quarter months have passed by. We finally get her out there. And plus we had a little delay in getting there. She so had to be a direct admit. You know, mind you, we're flying by, you know, angel flight, grace on wings, all these, you know, free and or f- uh, flying for paying for fuel only uh, these wonderful organizations that wow. I can't say enough about uh, but I had to hook all these things up and get her there because she couldn't be you know the irony of this my wife works for united airlines mm-hmm. and we can fly free anytime well not anymore but um but at the time of course she couldn't fly that way because she's in a stretcher you know mm-hmm. so we had to be transported that way uh, all the way through so hence that's what we had to use to get every place so we went to baltimore you know did this They drained a lot of fluid, and what the idea is. And then, uh, you know, we ended up coming back to the manor care, and then we had to wait two weeks for infection and whatnot. And then we saw the neurosurgeon, Dr. Williams was a neurologist, and then we went to get another shunt in in conjunction with the ETV. And that was, uh, you know, um, a beautiful thing um, because that's what the answer always was. Didn't know about it, didn't know what to do. Now we had all the answers, and this kind of came, came clear through that conference and everything else. So we got the shunt put in, and this was at the Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Mark Luciano. And then we came back to the um, manor care once again. And she's better. There's definitely a lot of cognitive, you know, a lot of speaking, a little bit more movement in her hands and her feet. She's still completely bedridden. The only time they, you know, she gets up is, you know, they put her, you know, we have to all, you know, put her into a wheelchair and, you know, move her around and whatnot. Um, and then we come to find out. The insurance, which had been, I got to say, had been tremendous prior to all this. Now we've been cut. The last step through all of this process that had always been talked about through all the doctors, you know, nurses, uh, you know, the the uh, the insurance company was to get her into RIC. You know, I've been to the two, but we have been to the two best doctors in the world for what they did for Trish, and now we were going to go to the number one place to get her completely rehabbed. You know, the Rehab Institute of Chicago or, or RIC, and now the insurance cut us off. Mm. (laughs) And so now we're like, are you kidding? You know, we've got this much, you know, the end game, you could see that finish line. It's right in front of us. You know, it's, it couldn't be more than, you know, it seemed like 20 feet away and now we're cut. Mm -hmm. And to give you an idea the cost of this, it's very, very costly. It's like $4,600 a day, you know, to get in there and they, you know, 4,500 change, whatever. And they give you a little discount. You know, bottom line is, you know, we needed to raise a whole lot of money quickly, because time is of the essence to get her in there. Uh, She was accepted into the RIC about a week ago, which is a very hard thing to do. Right, because she couldn't
0: physically pass the things... Right. twice before. Right. She
2: had been rejected to the institution twice before. Mm-hmm. And to get in there, there's a lot of criteria that has to be met. You have to be able to, you know, stand a certain amount of rehab, three, four hours a day of rehab, uh, be able to do certain things, follow commands, this, that, the other. And these were things that she could not do mm-hmm. in the first couple of times. And I knew it. I didn't know the criteria the first time, right. but by the second one, I knew and I didn't even fight because I knew we, we weren't going to win that fight. Right. But the third one, you know, heck, it didn't even require a fight. As it turned out, they accepted her. Mm-hmm. It's okay. amazing. So it was a it was a great, I mean, a, a, an elation elation that day, and then only to be crushed the very next day when the insurance company rejected, you know, the the claim to to send her there. And then we I figured out that okay, now we got to get we we need money right. to get to this place.
1: You now it's fundraising uh, time.
2: And that's that's where we are right now. It's fundraising time, and and we have you know um, you know websites and you know well, uh, and we'll
0: put all the websites yeah. on our show notes. Um, really, uh, I love Rick. I've, he's been a good friend of mine for ten years. Kathy and I happen to have this platform of people who who listen they to want, us and
1: and people. You know, the thing that I always say to Todd when we talk about giving is, I wish that we could just give to someone we know. You know, that we know that we can see how it helps because sometimes we're giving and we don't see how it's going to affect somebody's life. But here we know somebody that, like Rick said, is like almost to the finish line. They just need. And as you said, Rick, RIC is the best of the best. And we just happen to live in Chicago. Yeah, And so this is actually it's accessible. And and the fact that money yeah. Is the issue? It's it's intolerable. I I mean I don't know anything about the insurance. I'm not talking about them. But it's just one of those. It seems like such a small obstacle. We need to mm-hmm. we need to ask people to give in any way that they can.
0: So, uh, before we get into because all the information there's going to be a YouTube video of that a friend of ours did that'll be on our show notes. The um, site to donate will also be in our show notes. It'll be ZenParentingRadio.com slash I think 198. Okay, um, but. The human part of this is through this whole time, Rick has been playing basketball when he can and I get updates from him. And to be honest, I'm always a little scared to ask you because I'm scared that you're going to say that she's gone backwards or whatever. But he has truly been an inspiration. That doesn't mean you haven't had moments or hours or days of just grief or why me, why me, why me. But all I can tell you from an outsider standpoint, when I say outsiders, outside of, of of you being you, you've been a complete inspiration. You have had, I've told Kathy this, I said, I don't know if I'd be able to handle what Rick is going through. You and I had a discussion about this last week. And your uh, ability to keep hope even when people are telling you that there is none or, and I don't know if people have ever told you that
2: or not. Well,
1: imagine going to the Mayo Clinic and them saying, we're done. Yeah. To everyone, that's the last place, right?
2: Most people, my initial thoughts were that. Yes. Yeah. yeah I thought that was the Mecca of everything. And, you know, obviously, you know, didn't turn out that way for mm-hmm. us. And uh, right, and they're not knowing right. know, anything you about. Going. Well, and I yeah. talked
0: to Rick a week ago, Friday, and you said um, we're going to get her into RIC. I don't know. I don't think the insurance is going to be able to come through, but we're going to figure it out. <laughs> and you know, the figuring out, like you're. I don't know how much you've raised so far, but your goal is one hundred and fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And oh my gosh, that's a lot of money. And the fact that you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. All I know is that. This is going to happen. I, I can't tell you how. I just know. It. And you've had this yep. faith in. And when we talked on the phone last week, you and I hope you can expound on this. Is like you believe in people. Yes. And I was hoping, like, where does that come from? Is it just your experience within the last year and a half with Trish, or
1: is that who is that who you've always been? It's
2: beyond. It goes beyond the last year and a half, but especially I'd say in the last year and a half. But I would say the last seven years. You know, I've just. A lot of things, you know, uh, you know, have have changed, you know, you know, whether it be, you know, work wise, financial wise, all the different things, you know, throughout our life, and uh, and certainly in the last eighteen months, you know, a drastic, drastic change. You know, everything else is very, very able. Very much able to handle and whatever we've been through a lot of stuff, uh, uh, you know, in our twenty-eight now twenty-eight years married, you know, and four children, uh, you know, and it doesn't ever go without, you know, <laughs> yeah. There are days when everything's not perfect and all this kind of stuff, but you know, we've been a very happy happy couple, you know, for the majority of those twenty-eight years, and to have something like this happen is just, I, I yeah. And most people know they don't have the words. I don't have the words. I, I, I just you know, right? You don't get it. And the one thing that I have felt. All along, and especially in this last in a week, we've we, we, we've raised a ridiculous amount of money in, in a you know, in one week. That is all about people. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more here. I mean, I have complete faith in people. You know, you know whether it be the basketball group or men's group or you know just you know contacts, names, and people that I you know that I know have befriended you know throughout the years. Trish from grade school. I mean, you wouldn't believe the people that have stepped up and visited her at the Manor Care where she's at in Arlington Heights, and 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 some of the other things and the donations that have come in from the people. And first, we're like. Like who is that? Yeah. And then we, we we sit there and we you know and today we all have the technology and we we figure it out and we're like, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, it's from somebody that knew her when she was ten, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that, and really don't have a connection. Recently, they don't even live here. There's one person in London, you know, hadn't probably haven't seen her in fifteen years. I don't know, you know, and they donated an incredible amount of money. I mean, just just crazy stuff. It is the one thing. That I believe in is people. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this will make you doubt a lot of things when you go through something like this, and I don't like that. But it, but it has, you know, it's made me doubt a lot of things in life, you know, and you know. But one thing I just have complete faith in is people, and this is what makes things happen: is people. You know, you know my, my, I have a freshman son who doesn't fully understand everything that's going on here, you know, uh, with what we're doing and, and you know, a little bit of a platform and and whatnot, and, and I said. Leo, this is uh, this is all about people believing in people. I go if people didn't do this, these type of things, and I don't care what the format and, and what what we're talking about, things never change. Mm-hmm. I said, how do you you know? Uh, you know it, it, there's a political you know gentleman in town, you know uh, Pete DeSiani, who was a friend of mine. You know, he passed that autism bill. That is, you know, his daughter. That was a big deal to him, and and that has allowed my cousin's child to go through school. Unscathed, who is now in college, Wow. all because of Pete Siani, mm. and that and it's you know Pete started it. You know what I'm saying you know Pete couldn't have done it himself. He did it with people, mm-hmm. you know, people like us, you, Kathy, Todd, everybody. Here. It was just, it's just amazing, and that's what I have noticed throughout this process that has made me just a, you know just a believer in. At least that. Yeah. yeah, Very grateful.
0: Well, so, and, and we're inviting, you know, talk about, you know, nobody, very few of our listeners have any idea who you are, but we know our listeners well enough to know that If they're in a position to be able to help out a little bit, a lot, whatever it is, we invite you to help our good friend Rick out with helping him get Trish the best care possible.
1: Because one of our messages on the show is the oneness and that we're all connected. And so not only do you get to give to someone who you're hearing right now, who you know needs the support, but that feeling of being able to support. And that all comes back to us, Mm. that all, you know, that the more we give, the more we get. And one story, just a really short one, Rick, was that this summer you came over and like Todd said, you... Talk about self-care. I know you couldn't do it all the time, but when you could go play basketball or be with your friends, you took that opportunity because you understood you needed to do that to stay connected to Trish. You To do what you're doing, you have to take time for yourself, even if it's an hour. But you came over this summer for one of Todd's men's groups, and we sat on the porch for a few minutes, and you told me that you were with a friend, and he got a phone call from his wife. And he, do you remember this story? And you said he, he. I don't know if he was annoyed or if he was just like, oh, it's my wife or whatever. And I don't know if you said it to him or you just thought it. But you thought I would do anything to get a phone call it was from actually my, my wife. brother. Was it really and my
2: brother? And you know, no, it was just a regular phone call. It was just a normal day. The way Trish would call me, you know, hey, how you doing today? Ann? You know. I would have given anything to get that phone call. Yeah. yeah, And it's been, you know, it's been eight months. Yeah. That uh, I don't get that phone call. I still have her phone. Yeah. I bring it all the time. You know, we never, <laughs> I never, haven't disconnected it. Let a friend call her, and they just like to hear her voice on the voicemail.
1: Well, I um, want you to know that inspired me because I think about that every time. You mm-hmm. know, I talk to anybody that I love, that I think about. I'm just so thankful to get this phone call. So thank you for that. Well, oh. and it
0: would have been really easy to, um, to shut down. Yeah. Get pissed at the world.
1: Yeah, that's, and that's always I'm, an option, I'm right? I'm sure
0: there's been times where you've been pissed at the world, but yes. what I have witnessed is not that. So, so along with those times, you have been a source of inspiration for me and my guess is most of the people that you come across with. So thank you for that. So wow. um, all the information is going to be on our show notes. Please, whatever you can do to help Rick and Trish. Um, get back on the right path that'd be great
1: we'll put it on our Facebook page too
0: and we'll put it on our Facebook page too and I'm going to close with is this a song from you or Trish or both you guys it's for both of us gotcha it's
2: a video that I put together and why this song because I put a video together for after our uh, 15th anniversary and uh, this was one of the main songs I put in there and it just I thought it summed it all up right mm-hmm. you know
1: beautiful well
2: Rick thank you very much for uh, sure, for being I'm on interested. the show Thank you very much for having me Todd Kathy. I really appreciate it um, I, you know I, I, I can't say enough once again it's all about people and you guys you know you asked me and I certainly said yes and Absolutely. I, I totally appreciate it and um, you know I, I, I don't know what else to say because the gratitude just to be on this you know this platform is you know, it's an honor thank you
1: Thank you Rick My better
2: wish you happy.